0: Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bullock, your host, and today we are going to talk about what should be missing from your therapy clinic. At PDT, we have three different clinics where we see children. We also contract with lots of different school systems, and we contract with lots of different developmental day centers in our seven-county area where we work. So, We have a lot of experience with what should and should not be in a therapy office. And so it's not just our three therapy clinics, but where you see children. So regardless of where you're seeing kids, whether you're in an outpatient therapy clinic, whether you're in a school and working in a speech room or a OT gym or a PT gym, or if you're working going in and out of houses or going in and out of daycare centers, all of this applies to you. So what should be missing from your therapy clinic? And in addition to this, we're also going to talk about what should be in your therapy clinic. Let's start with the what should not be there. First is glass. Now, you would think glass is obvious, but recently I walked into a therapy space where we have therapists working and, and, you know, people always have good intentions about what they do. That's really what happens. We have good intentions. Sometimes we just don't think. We all are guilty of this. But I walked into one and there is a glass jar and inside the glass jar is a peanut butter Reese cups. Now, I get the therapist wants a little snack. I am with you. But in a therapy clinic, you're going to have to do something different. Glass should never be in a therapy clinic for obvious reasons because you you think, oh, it'll never break, or I'll put it up really high. That doesn't apply to two and three-year-olds. They always find the glass, and they always break it. So don't even chance it. Just throw it away, and just say no to glass, and have plastic. Also, peanut butter. In the context of peanut butter, I want you to think a little bit bigger, because peanut butter, obviously, there's tons of kids we see who have major life-threatening allergies was related to peanuts and peanut butter. So we don't have any kind of peanut or peanut butter products, or should never have it around in a clinic. But overall, the bigger picture with this is, just think about all kids in general with various allergies so sometimes we've been serving kids i've been serving kids before for a while and the parents may not even tell me about certain allergies and they'll say oh yeah well they're also allergic to eggs i needed to know that so even though you might ask the question do they have any allergies or sometimes because these parents live it day in day out they just may not think to tell you or maybe it's a babysitter that brought them in or an aunt or an uncle and they just may not think to tell you all that so really any food product should always be locked peanut butter should never be in a clinic Dairy should always be in a closed container that kids cannot get to, and also be dated with their name on. It's really a daycare regulation. And then any other food product should always be in a closed, locked container where kids can't get to it. Just because you never know who has what allergy. And also, when it comes to just containers in general, like I said, no glass. But for any of your containers in a therapy company, what should happen is you should always be able to have a container that's closed and it can snap closed, and that you can open. You can listen to a lot of the other podcasts I talk about when how we. Package our toys, but everything should be in a start, do, finish type of situation. But none of it should be glass. Another thing never to find in a therapy clinic is borax. Now you're thinking, really? I can't believe she's even saying borax. Like, who will bring borax in a therapy clinic? Well, I have found borax, people. And so here's what happens sometimes people go to make their own slime or make their own Play Doh or make their own whatever compound it is. For slime, a lot of times people use borax, also shaving cream. That goes in the same category as Borax. But never bring that in a therapy clinic because you can buy slime. So just buy the slime because people have already tested it. Before a toy can go on the market, they got to test it and they got to make sure that it's safe. So just let the people who test the toys and do all that stuff, let them do their job and buy the slime. So just be careful of what you get off of Pinterest or what you look up on the Internet. I know it's like fun and creative to make it, but think of why you're doing what you're doing. And if you can get the same result from purchased slime or purchased Play-Doh or purchase some other kind of compound that you're using with a child for hand strengthening or tactile sensitivities, then buy it. Don't make anything. It's too dangerous. It sets yourself up for a potential problem. Another thing never to have in a therapy clinic you should ever find is latex. We use only vinyl gloves. We don't have any latex, no balloons. Personally, I would love to use balloons in therapy because it's a great start, to finish situation for a balloon and a great cause and effect and request. I never use them and I will not use them and we won't allow them in our clinics. There are children with life-threatening latex allergies. And also, sometimes you don't know that kids are allergic to latex until they have a reaction to it. So why chance it? Just don't have latex. Don't have balloons. Balloons are a huge choking hazard. Just say no all the way around. And if you see them, chuck them. Don't have them. Another thing that should be missing from your therapy clinic is marbles. Marbles can be great for counting. They can be great to put inside a container. Marbles are great for, you know, visual tracking. They have tons of products on sale now where you can attach like a marble run thing to your wall. You can also buy these marble run toys that you build this whole little track and the marble runs through them and all that. That's great. And therapists will say this to me all the time. Gosh, you know, when I'm working with a child, we're working one-on-one and I'll clean all those marbles up. All oh, that's great in concept. And I hear you because you are going to be responsible. and You are going to clean all the marbles up. However, we are adults. Adults cannot see what two and three year olds can see. That's the way it is. So inevitably, I don't care how responsible you are. One marble will run away from you. A navy blue marble will fall the navy blue carpet. And as an adult, we just can't see that. But you know who will see it? the brother or the sister that's two or three that is coming in with a parent and your client for the next therapy session, and they will be drawn to that marble like a magnet, like a moth to the flame, and they will crawl into the deepest, darkest crevices you have, find it, put it in their mouth and choke. Now, I'm going to the extreme, but as the owner of a therapy company, as somebody who feels very responsible and wants to have an office environment that's very safe for everyone, therapists, children, families, whoever, no marbles because that two and three-year-olds seek it out like a heat-seeking missile and they find it and they eat it and they choke on it potentially. So just say no to marbles. There's lots of other ways you can do the exact same thing in therapy that you would do with a marble with a different activity. What needs to be missing from your therapy clinic are cleaning materials that cause irreversible eye damage if you spray them in your eyes. So we are very careful about the cleaning products we buy. We do have cleaning products in our clinic by the way and we clean furiously and ferociously all the time because of germs, but we are very particular about the cleaning products we buy. I read every label. I look at everything because there are some cleaning products that you can buy out there that if you do spray them in your eye, it will cause irreversible eye damage. The stuff that we have, it's going to hurt if you spray it in your eye. You need to wash it out, but you can come back from that. It'll be all right but that also kills germs. So there's plenty of products out there that'll do the job, but it won't cause irreversible eye damage. Another thing never to have in a therapy clinic, cheap plastic toys. So a lot of times people will go and they'll buy like from the dollar store. Now I love a dollar store toy and they're great for like, birthday boxes or treasure boxes and things of that nature but dollar store toys just get tired and worn out and old and they tear up quickly so spend a little bit more and get a quality toy that may cost more per toy but they're going to last significantly longer and that you can wash so cheap toys should be missing from your therapy clinic last thing on the list is plush no plush there's no room for plush in a therapy clinic it's just a germ fest waiting to happen Everything in the therapy clinic should be able to be wiped down. Everything should be able to be sprayed down, wiped down. So if it's plush, it's just going to collect germs and create an environment for your people that are coming in that may potentially be hazardous to them. So with babies, when we see babies in our clinics, we'll just use their own blankets over top of, like, say, the mat. Or we will, if we've got a boppy pillow, we've got the plastic boppy and then we'll put their blanket over top of it. Or whatever object, teethers, no. A lot of those teethers, you know, that have the crinkle paper in them and they're cloth paper. They really sound good. We will not have them in our clinics because, again, it's not plush, but it's material and we can't wash it properly. We don't have washing machine and dryers in our clinic that heat up high enough to kill the germs. So no plush, no cloth, none of that. Everything's got to be able to wipe down. Now, what should be in your therapy clinic? Let's talk about that for a second. The client experience, as soon as that child gets out of the car and the family gets out of the car and they walk into your clinic, that's where the client experience starts. So you want to make sure that in your clinic, the attention to the detail is there. So we have books in our waiting room. We hand out every book every month. If a book is torn up, If it's missing a page, if the spine is starting to crack, the cover is starting to peel off or something, throw it away. Because basically, the reason why we change the books out every month is, number one, we want fresh new books for parents to be able to read to their kids. But also, if parents understand, look, this organization cares enough to go in and replace the books every month, then that's a little thing. Then they're going to care about the big thing, which is helping my child get better. So that right there communicates... Really, without you saying anything, we care about your child and what's going to happen today in therapy. So what should happen is new fresh toys in the waiting room or new fresh supplies in the waiting room, depending on how your waiting room is set up or what's happening there. We change out the decorations every month. We change out the pens where parents come to sign their child in every week. We change out the toys in the waiting room. We add train tables. We change the trains out every month. We change the dolls in the dollhouse out every month. So just little things like that communicate to the families. They care what's going to happen here because they care to change the books out and the pens so they're going to care about my child. So what should happen in a therapy clinic is clean, fresh, new, changing, waiting room experience things, whatever that is for you all, (laughs) for us as toys. What also should be in a therapy clinic are toys and materials that are in containers that are contained so that you can quickly and easily pull the container out, use it in therapy and put it away. So we use that start, do, finish model. All of our toys are in individual bins where you can get it out, open it because it's got to be closed so the child can request to open it. I don't care if it's OTP to your speech. All of that is good for the child to be a request to open the toy. It sets you up with an automatic communication opportunity for the speech therapist listening. You and I are speaking the same language and then the child can do the activity and then we finish it and put it away and put it up. So then that way also the therapist in real time in the moment, because the therapy is all about in the moment, because I don't care who you are. I know you've planned a therapy session and you're like, okay, this is the best plan ever. It's awesome. It's a great therapy session you know what, a three-year-old can chuck your plan out the wind in about three seconds if it's not working. And so you have to be able to have a variety of toys that you can pull from in the moment so that you can be creative in the moment and do what you got to do for that child. And you can quickly and easily get to the toy, get it out, use it and put it away or the therapy activity, whatever it is, so that you can be in the moment and do what that child needs. Because ultimately, it's not about us. We're the helper people. It's about that child and getting what they need so that they can get better. So what should be in the therapy clinic is a wide variety of toys set up in a start, do, finish type of model. Individual bins so that the therapist can quickly get them out use them and put them away and then also if the toy gets dirty like if the child's mouthing the toy and that kind of thing they can put them in that bin and if they don't have time to wash the toys in between therapy sessions they can just go put them in wherever your dirty toys get washed in your clinic and at the end of the day or at lunchtime or whenever go and wash them and then it's easy to figure out what was dirty and what wasn't so that you can constantly have good clean toys in your therapy clinic. So that should be in your therapy clinic. Another thing that should be in your therapy clinic is some way to communicate to your parents about the activities that you did. So something for carryover for home. So at PDT, we have these individual little prescription pads that we came up with a bazillion years ago. Not really, but on it, it says, today in therapy, we did, and there's a blank. Please work on this at home. And there's a blank. And so the therapist writes in like a one word sentence on the top. Today in therapy, we worked on kicking a ball at home please practice kicking the ball with his right foot or catching the ball or whatever it is you want him to do. So they're not rewriting their daily note on there and they're not writing a book or a novel on there, but you're just giving the family something to do at home for carryover. So what should be in your therapy clinic is some easy opportunity way for the therapist to communicate quickly and easily with the family about what happened in therapy and what you can do at home. And I'm not saying that the therapist should have the patient wait in the waiting room. I think the family should all come back into therapy. But even if you have a family who's engaged in therapy in the moment, it's still good to give them something in writing every single time because we forget and you can hang it on the refrigerator they can stick it on their mirror whatever happens for them, the parent can take a picture of it whatever but what should be in your therapy clinic is a way to easily do a home program sheet so you're not having to go make copies of stuff and print stuff out all day long it should be quick easy in the moment in real time because that's reality in life what else should be in the therapy clinic we said mentioned earlier cleaning supplies the Clean supplies and sink, of course, that's obvious, should be there because you got to clean your toys with that. But standard gloves should be in every therapy room. We have Purell wipes that should be there. The reason we have the Purell wipes, we have the Purell wipes because, honestly, they are safe for surfaces and hands. And I chose them because, also, you can buy a bunch of them in bulk. But came to find out it's actually a good choice because you can use them on surfaces and hands. I just learned this from a health inspector not too long ago who happened to be at the same place I was, and I was asking the questions. But the Clorox wipes technically are not for hands. They're just for surfaces. So if the health inspector comes by, and they don't come by our offices ever because we don't cook in them, but in other places we go, they do. And he was telling me that the Clorox wipes can't be in reach of the child because you can't use them on hands. You can only use them on surfaces. So in all of our therapy clinics, we have the Purell wipes because you can use them on surfaces and hands. And so that should be in every therapy room. So quickly in real time, you can wipe down the toys so that you're not spreading germs from one session to the next, to the next, to the next. So a lot of times just a quick wipe from the Purell wipe of a toy will kill the germs sufficient enough that you can use it for the next therapy session. If a child mouths it like a ton, like there's a lot of mouthing, a lot of drooling, then just put it in that container and wash it. But if they just like put it to their mouth or put it to their lips or you use it, then just use the Purell wipe and just wipe it down in between each therapy session. So those Purell wipes or wipes that can be used to wash the surface and wash toys and wash your hands absolutely should be in your therapy clinic and easily and quickly accessible so that you can... And wipe down all the hard surfaces in between each therapy session and just generally wipe down the toys between therapy session because that keeps your germs to a minimum and we see lots of kids who are very medically fragile and we have to be very conscientious about keeping a safe, clean environment because their immune systems may be such that they could easily catch something from somebody else. Okay, another thing that should be in your therapy clinic absolutely should be is a treasure box. And I mentioned this earlier, but it's really important. Everybody needs to feel special on a regular basis, but a lot of times we have kiddos who are, you know, their birthday, so you definitely want to have a treasure box, but sometimes, you know, it's just nice to have a little gimme. Just because it's just nice. So just some inexpensive toys that are a dollar or two dollars each that you can have a gimme if a child's like really done a great job in therapy that day, or it's their birthday, or maybe they had a new sibling that was born. And so everybody's all about the new baby, but hey, that little child might need a little something, something just for any particular reason, not every session, of course, that's crazy. But periodically, it's good to have a treasure box so you can do a little something special, you know, because everybody needs to feel special. And parents, my mom told me this a long time, you love people that love your child. And so we demonstrate that we care about and love the children that we see on a regular basis just by our actions and what we do. We're a service industry, but also sometimes giving a little prize can also communicate that as well. So a treasure box should be in every therapy clinic. In addition to that, We have stickers and we have suckers. Now, you don't have to have suckers and stickers in every therapy session, but you need to have some enticement for getting out of the therapy room. So with a lot of our little people, sometimes it's difficult to transition out of therapy back home. And also it's hard to, if you've been doing the therapy session with a child the whole time, a lot of times you may or may not have had an opportunity to really talk to the family, even if they're watching the therapy session and you want to give them some ideas. So the only purpose in those stickers and suckers in our therapy offices are just to give a child to number one, help them get out of the therapy room easily and calmly because they get excited about the sticker or the sucker. And then number two, to help the therapist have all of 15 seconds to tell the family, hey, look, remember we did this in therapy, do this at home. So as you hand them that hip pad, The home exercise program pad, as you hand them that, it also gives you just a minute to say, hey, remember, work on verbs at home today. Work on naming five farm animals or whatever you want them to do. That's the only purpose of those stickers and suckers. But every therapy clinic should have some way to provide the therapist with an opportunity to say something about what happened in therapy and what to carry over. Again, I believe every family should watch all therapy sessions and be fully involved because they're a partner in that therapy session with you. But sometimes it's hard to do a lot of explaining in a therapy session because you're doing therapy so you need to have a minute or two that you can talk to that family and those stickers and suckers provide that. Now I always ask every parent before I give them a sucker if they can have one Be warned, because I've been doing this now for 20 years, so if you have those dum-dum pops, once you introduce them, you cannot cut them out because it's not an attractive day when you have children who are expecting a dum-dum pop and they don't get one. Somebody better run to the CVS right quick and get you a bag of dum-dum pops because it will not be a pretty afternoon for you. Also be warned that for the rest of your career, you'll be picking up dum-dum pop wrappers from your parking lot. So there you have it. Fair warning, people, but it does help transition the children out of therapy and into their car. So that's my quick, fast list for what should be in a therapy clinic and what should be missing from your therapy clinic. So again, the name of the game is for all therapy spaces, really all medical environments, they've got to be clean, organized, especially for kids in therapy. They've got it to be enticing, inviting, fun, but safe. They have to be safe and they've got to be safe for employees and they also have to be safe for kids and families. And with the kids in therapy, we see such a wide variety of children with so many various health issues. You have to take them all into consideration. And what may sound like a good idea for one child can be a life-threatening situation for another. So it's just not worth it it's just not worth it when a child could potentially be hurt. So you want to make sure that you have a safe environment for everyone that will promote good quality therapy because that's really what we're here all about. So there you go, people. That's it. What should be missing and what should be there. So check out more episodes of this podcast, The Working Therapist, on theworkingtherapist.com and at pediatricdt.com. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher. So We've got tons of stuff out there for OTPT and speech. So check us out, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's PediatricDT.com.